This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Your home for the Oklahoma State Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. All right, welcome back. It's 329 here on the Blitz 1170. Oh. Hope that everyone's had a good day so far on this Friday, heading into a glorious, glorious weekend with the return of John Jones, your future heavyweight champion. You know why? Because, why? Because David Goggins went to his camp and was pumping him up. So I'm like, oh, it's over. It's <laughs> over. He got a speech from Goggins. There's no stopping John Jones this weekend returning to the UFC. We'll talk about that, plus much more over the next uh, hour or so, but let's head up Indianapolis way and check in with Brandon Cristal, who's joining us here on the Blitz 1170 for another Combine update. What's up, Brandon? How's today treating you? Good. It's really, really rainy here in Indy, but luckily they're doing the Combine drills indoor, uh, indoors at the Dome. Saw DJ Turner picking him up and putting him down a little bit, 427. Dion, what was your fastest 40? Mine as a corner at J.J. Pierce High School in the – Mid nineties in Dallas was four six five. Oh yeah, in, yeah. So, moving on. Yeah, not not DJ Turner territory. Yeah. Uh, what what was your fastest forty? Well, out of a uh, Rawlett, Texas, you know. Oh, I know. Coming coming through. I, I can't. Are you I sure it's not Rockwall? You you stop with that Rockwall <laughs> oh, nonsense. Oh, trust me, Rock. Rockwall, now, Lake Rockwall is cool, but yeah, Rowlett folks don't want you to confuse them. Yeah, but, <laughs> fight here. it chaps him so bad when I do that every time. Well, Battle look, of Lake Ray Hubber. Hey, I proudly went to the University of Kansas, and whenever anybody accidentally says Kansas State, I want to fight him. So, <laughs> I, get I, I get it, and and we know about obviously Bedlam on a daily basis there. But there yeah, go. what was your fastest? Seriously, though, I'm curious. What was your fastest clocked forty? Not not handheld, but automated automated i don't know if i the, the automated times i mean i think i've only done handhelds I've, oh even better yeah i've so only story, done, it can be as fast as you want it to be like yeah no the, the handheld i or flat or whatever i definitely came at it at a four four three what what the hell handheld time now, but i it was an average four four three like yeah, there was three coaches down there but dion was also part of a track team there go ahead go, go ahead let and him, tell him no pop go ahead and tell him in texas in you know back in 2009 when we didn't have the 6a division the highest classification yeah, was 5a big 5a right yeah yeah but and, listen to this relay team and, that he and, had. and i'm telling you right now i was a part of a two-time state winning track team at rawlett texas and you know and I'm not going to say that it, it. I was a star-studded member of it, but I was definitely a part of the team, and we were definitely helped by Marquise Goodwin and Kyle Clemens. Oh. So he had Marquise okay. Goodwin on this team. <laughs> and, what and, leg did you run? And Kyle Clemens. Yeah, and Kyle Clemens. Yeah. Well, I, I, but I remember you. You remember they did that run to gold a couple of years ago, uh, where they had all the sprinters or all the fast guys in the league run, and now yes. Tyreek Hill wasn't a part of it. Yeah. But when I saw Marquise Goodwin, even as he was likely in his 30s at that point when he did it a couple of years ago or, or, or touching. I was like, he's going to win. When you competed at that level of track and been in the Olympics and quali been in Olympic qualifiers, 
he's going to beat a bunch of other football players who may have ran track but haven't run it as recently or as well as successfully and then lo and behold he won that that deal that race for the run for the gold or whatever got that money too Goodwin, yeah absolutely and what a good dude you know i've known people that have played with him and stuff he just seems like a, a great guy so it had to be fun being his teammate in high school yeah you know, all, after all every leg are. after every leg that you ran i guarantee you there was a comment back and forth between marquise and kyle that was like all right now we'll save it save it <laughs> yeah yeah we'll save this what do you mean i held yeah. my own okay all you right know? sure you did i, I held it <laughs> i held right. it so th- with the fast time that we were just referencing, like Colby asked a question earlier, Brandon, it was, wh- what do they have, like the doors open in the end zone there that's helping them with a the breeze running through? This seems like we're we're seeing some 99th percentile level times, not only from yesterday, but today so far. Yeah, and it makes you wonder, will any receivers or running backs uh, or the rest of the DB class, because I don't think they've all run because they have to split it up because there's so many of them. Will we see someone go – go even faster than 427 can john ross's 422 which is the fastest on record modern combine 40 time be eclipsed and the one thing we know is athletes are bigger faster stronger every single day than they were yesterday right and and we look at nolan smith as a prime example of that he's going to be coming off the edge now look he weighs 236 or 38 pounds right now and maybe that'll work in the NFL because I talked to a defensive coordinator in the NFL today uh, that I passed that was having lunch, and we they were showing you know highlights of the of stuff. He's like, look, this is the prototype. Will Anderson, as good of a football player as he is, is not the prototype. And is do we know if he can come off a block and get to get to the outside and make a play on the ball carry, especially with all the RPO influence now in the NFL? And so yeah, whether it's Nolan Smith or the defensive lineman from Pitt. Setting a record at four six seven, that doesn't mean he's going to be better than Aaron Donald just because he went to Pitt and he's really fast. But it's still crazy to see because, like I, I mentioned, as a corner and felt normal size running a four six five, or you, Dion, as a corner running a four four three, and you got a pass rusher faster than you, faster than DeAndre Hopkins, fa- faster than Steph Diggs, and he's going to be the guy coming off trying to sack the likes of Patrick Mahomes and and the rest of the big QB, you know, good QBs in the NFL. Feel bad for my quarterback if that was happening. No kidding. Goodness gracious! Uh, I mean, look, tackles are getting faster and more athletic too, but I don't know if it, I don't know if it matches just yet. Yeah, that's where some of our discussion was earlier. Is that we are at a point in time now with just training techniques, uh, with what the schools have added commitment to, but then going and and training at the individual uh, centers that they have now. Like we've we've dialed this into a point where you're at optimum level. It's like working up to to fight camp week, you know. Uh, to right. making sure that you're at optimal level by the time that you go out there for your performance, because I don't see this trend going anywhere. We're going to continue to see just freakish numbers put up every single year. Absolutely, uh, especially at I think certain positions. Right, you will continue to see really good receivers because of the way college football has evolved, or, or high school football, even for that matter. We'll continue to see exciting backs, DBs as well. They need to cover and pass rushers. What, but what we're not seeing, and, and that same defensive coach I talked to was sitting with some other coaches, offensive linemen do not come into the NFL necessarily ready to play. And while there's some raw ability there, right, and, and athleticism continues to be a, a an, evol- an evolved, I guess, science or, or whatever, when you look at it, these guys, for whatever reason, just don't come in with the technique they need to be able to stop. Not even Nolan Smith, who's their contemporary, but Miles Garrett or a healthy Vaughn Miller or Aaron Donald, whether you're interior or a, an edge offensive lineman playing tackle, they're just not as ready to go 
most of the time, even from the biggest programs, right, from your Big Ten, SEC, Big 12 schools, they're just not ready to go early as an offensive lineman is kind of the consensus. What's the conversation around the the quality depth of this defensive back class? Because I, I feel like, especially at the cornerback spot, this one is particularly deep. Yeah, and, and I think that is a good thing in an NFL where more and more sub-packages, I, I don't know why they call them sub-packages anymore, because you're playing right. with at least three corners, at least five DBs on the field, 68 to 70% of the time at minimum no matter what the formation is and what's going on with the with the front and a lot of times it's more than just 5 it's 6 and sometimes even 7 or more right but because of 7 on 7 and just the evolution of passing in high school football and obviously college you do have DBs that maybe they don't catch as well you know and I'm watching Makai Blackman uh, who's a corner that started at Colorado and just transferred to SC. He just dropped a pass that hit him right in the hands, <laughs> right? So there's still uh, a reason why most people play corner uh, because they, th- they say they can't catch as a receiver, but sometimes you get, you get the corners that also have great ball skills. It's just just like you're seeing receivers every year, and Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network told me last year, I think I probably told you guys, that there are a, I'll say, crap load. He used a different expletive of you know long list of good receivers in last year's draft and the two years prior to that and it's just going to be the same way just save the tape the next 10 years we're just going to keep seeing good receivers come into the league but you also have good dbs that are practicing against these receivers plenty over over the course of their high school and college days or guys that were receivers that moved to db and and so yeah there are some some good corners not just in the first round but i think really through throughout the draft but certainly in the in the middle rounds when you look rounds two three and four as well storylines to look forward to to the weekend in your opinion quarterbacks because we know uh, to make a draft sexy you gotta have quarterbacks the nfl did a smart thing in putting the quarterbacks towards the end of the week they didn't talk to us on wednesday they talked to us today right so bryce young was uh, and i'm sitting 20 feet from where all the podiums were so bryce young and will levis and and Hendon, Hendon Hooker lit up the room the most for me, but Max Duggan came in on the later side. And and so when you have quarterbacks with a name, and I don't know if Bryce Young will get peer pressured into throwing because C.J. Stroud, Will, Love, will Levis, and Anthony Richardson are all expected to throw. Does he decide he wants to go out and compete and throw? He doesn't need to, right? Joe Burrow didn't throw. He, t- he turned out just fine so far. <laughs> but it, it's fun to see, and, and sometimes guys that weren't going to throw – decide to throw and can put on a show you obviously run the risk that if it doesn't go great that, that you you get some people maybe adding some skepticism to a quarterback that they might have liked a little more but you're not used to working with these receivers if you can get them uh, throw a catchable ball and and show that you're coachable makes it fun so to, tomorrow when most people are going to be home you'll be able to watch the QB workouts on NFL Network and so that's what makes the weekend exciting. That, and, and I want to see the receivers run as well. Can somebody beat John Ross's four-two-two? I don't know if there's a guy that can do it, but th- there's a couple that are going to try. Well, you were right there close to him. Uh, so can you confirm or deny that Bryce Young needed a step stool to actually get up to the microphone with the <laughs> well, way that people have talked about him this week? <laughs> hey, look, you guys are obviously very familiar with with Kyler Murray and Kyler's thicker than Bryce Young and. You know, I'm based in Denver and obviously around Russell Wilson a lot this year and see the way he's built. And he was probably 20 pounds heavier than he needed to be. But coming out, and I remember because that was the first combine I covered, you stand next to him like he looks like a running back, even even a little slider. Bryce Young looks like a slot wide receiver <laughs> playing 
quarterback. Now he's a hell of a quarterback, and he's a consensus number one. I don't think that's going to change. I think we may even see a team or two that tries to fall in love with him and and jumps to number one to secure that opportunity to draft him. I'm just worried in a world where quarterbacks at all shapes and sizes get banged up and have to miss games and have to miss chunks of the season that he will be able to sustain with the way he plays and as much as he relies on his legs at times that he'll be able to just throughout the duration of his rookie contract stay healthy for those five years let alone 10 or 15 years the way he's built he says he's going to play at 200 pounds but if he's 192 now as he was getting ready for the combine he's not worried about his 40 time where is he getting the other eight pounds unless he thinks he's going to grow more (laughs) right uh i mean how much pasta can you really eat so and and protein shakes can you have so the other part of it too and we know we kind of touched on this yesterday there aren't we can name all the good quarterbacks ever there's 360 million people in america and we can't find 32 good quarterbacks there's a chance all these guys don't make it or a couple do right but no matter how good the class is even going back to say 2018 when you had baker one donald three josh allen seven josh rosen 10 lamar at 32 three of those guys i guess are still playing sort of right <laughs> really just lamar and we'll see where he, where he ends up and josh allen is obviously the you know can't miss guy we'll see what happens with baker as well does he go somewhere to try to start but the point is there's a chance none of these guys are good but it seems like bryce young will remain the, the number one and unless somebody gets excited about anthony richardson's no ceiling as we're hear, hearing people say i'm i'm just not there yet Brandon, I don't know Ar- that we've ever asked a tight end question at a combine unless there's an outlier like Kyle Pitts, but this class in general has a lot of hype around it, deservedly so. How much hype is there around what the tight ends are going to do this weekend? Well, I think it goes back to what we were saying, right? I was highlighting the receivers and the DBs, but the evolution of the tight end, thanks to Gronk, but more so in the modern day, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, people like that, players like that. So the tight end is going to continue to evolve and and grow and become such a huge part of the passing game even more than the run game and whether it's guys like greg dulcich who played well this year when he got on the field for the broncos or trey mcbride who at the end of the year who was a high draft pick and won the Mackey award last year out of colorado state and certainly travis kelsey you know it's funny though because when you're around these kids and they get asked to compare themselves almost every tight end tried to say they pattern their game after Travis Kelsey. Well, that's great, right? <laughs> we can all pattern our games after LeBron yeah. or Kevin Durant or Michael Jordan or Kobe or whomever, but that doesn't mean that's how you play. Now they are all about that size and will run well. So I, I think that similar to wideout, you can find tight ends in later rounds, right? George Kittle is a perfect example of that, Travis Kelsey, right? You can get these guys and you don't have to get them in the top 10 like you did with Kyle Pitts. You know, there's, I think with the tight end position, especially now and the way that it's viewed, the importance of it, but also the drastic difference between how tight ends are used in the college game versus the NFL game. For a lot of guys, it's tough to to figure out what they're going to be at the next level because they don't have the college production to point to anything specifically. So the, the, the physical traits that are displayed at the combine are as important for those guys to check boxes as nearly any position out there. Yeah, and... And I think that that just will continue to be the case, right? Because there are prototypes in the NFL or targets that you want to get to. And unlike, say, a running back, they can't really all come in all shapes and sizes, right? They do still need to hit a couple of markers, right? You're not going to line a six-foot guy up at tight end just because, you know, he becomes, I guess, a fullback, H-back type. But there's not a lot of those. There's maybe one per team. 
And so, yeah, I think that, that that'll continue to be the norm. Brandon, are there any players that we haven't been hearing a lot about that you kind of like at the combine right now? There's a corner, uh, Arquan, is it Arquan Anderson from Cincy that kind of interests me, although I did talk to... Arquan Bush. Arquan Bush, I'm sorry, Arquan Bush. That certainly interests me, but I did talk to his, uh, because I went and started watching his film after talking to, his agent is actually T.J. Ward, former NFL safety, played for the Broncos, played for the Browns. And the first thing he said was, well, he's not as good as Sauce. And I was like, okay, well, now that that's cleared up, that he's not as good as Sauce Gardner, the defensive rookie of the year and his former teammate. But he was going to come out last year. He just didn't want to maybe get overshadowed by Sauce and also wanted to show that he could play outside as the number one guy, similar to what Sauce did his last year at Cincinnati. But Arquan Bush is a guy that I think intrigues me, right, because we talk about the cornerback depth. And then maybe it's because we're similar in size, but Tank Dell from – Houston is also a player that I know had a, a really good week at the Senior Bowl and then getting to be around him as he did his podium. Uh, I'm just intrigued to see, you know, small guys that that can do a lot try to, you know, try to see where they go. And then uh, I mentioned Hendon, Herc- Hendon Hooker. Where he goes will be fascinating to me. He says he's going to be ready at the end of or, or by training camp. We'll see. But does a team that has, you know, I look at a team like Seattle that may trade their pick at five because somebody wants one of those top quarterbacks, get more picks. Does Seattle draft Hendon Hooker, let him hang out behind Geno Smith for a year or two, and then give him the keys to the to the Seahawks offense? But he's not going to obviously do much here. He's just a guy that after watching him on the podium and seeing how well he played at Tennessee, I'm excited to see what team decides to maybe grab him a little early, right? Where does he end up going in the second round because the Seahawks – have the Broncos second round pick as well so they could get them in early in the second round perhaps and so those are just a couple guys that, that come to mind for sure and we get to see uh, Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba back on the football field for the first time in a while coming up yeah, this right? weekend I think it'll He's be fun making, making business decisions of his own and right to each their own you go to college you get a job doesn't mean you have to go to stay on the football field uh, <laughs> so <laughs> good good luck to him too right Absolutely, Brandon. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, taking a few moments to jump on with us here uh, in Tulsa. We'll uh, we'll do it again soon, my man. Sounds good. Everybody have a great weekend and enjoy watching the combine. Oh, we will indeed. Thanks, buddy. That is uh, Brandon Cristal joining us here on the Blitz 1170. I know he was mentioning Hendon Hooker for Seattle, but I really hope that they look at Anthony Richardson and pull the trigger on him. I would love to see him in that Seahawks offense behind Geno Smith for a couple of years. Why? His attributes, the athletic ability, the, the 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 arm talent, and then with Pete Carroll and that offense, I gross think was, in Seattle. Yeah, man. Ugh. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't want Yuck. you don't want it. You don't want to see that the next couple of years versus Forty Nine ers Do you, huh, Pop? Do you? Or you don't want them to get a good quarterback? No, Gino's awesome for you them. You don't want them to secure their future? Gino's perfect for them. I think they should sign him to a long-term extension. <laughs> you know what? Grow up, Pop. Would be wonderful. Wonderful indeed. All right, it is uh, 348. Uh, we do have Doug Gottlieb coming up around 4-ish for, uh, as a favor for the OSU Max people. Talk about the... Uh... <laughs> what? You're Why laughing? are you looking at me like that? You help set this up. I, yeah. This is a favor for the OSU Max people, right? Because they want to promote the documentary series that he has coming out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll talk with Are him. Are you part of that, Dion? 
the OSU Max, yeah. I have a uh, show over there called uh, The Old Poke Show with my co-host, Clint Shelf, that we talk to old cowboys every week. And we talk about the OSU program here in the present, you know, talk to legends from the past. It's a good show. You Everybody should check it out. This week, we got a chance to talk to uh, one of my all-time favorites. Do you know who that is? <laughs> You don't you don't know who it is, do you? Please tell me who that is. Byron Eton, man. Double zero. He was a legend in Dallas, guys. A legend. I mean, he played quarterback and point guard for Dallas Lincoln back in the day. I used to stay up as a little eight. How's he doing? He, he's he's good. How's he look? He's he's good. He's good. He's good. He's got a son now that's also playing quarterback and point guard for Dallas Lincoln now, and he's he's a terrific athlete as well, man. He's 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 good. He's good. He's doing a little coaching out there in Dallas. God, we're getting to that point where even Byron Eton has kids that are in high school now. Yeah, man. You didn't answer the question. He was, bro. He was the man in Dallas. I think like you're not ev- answering the question. Everybody started wearing the double zero because Justin of Justin Blackman e- type, or what are we talking about? I, here? He everybody started wearing the bu- double zero because of Byron Eton, bro. Like it was a, like he showed out every Friday night, bro. He was, he was the he was- Texas version of Khalid Elamin. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Khalid Elamin? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that joke so much. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> I'm glad you two are laughing. Me and Thank Matt you. are over here kind of confused. Just a, a bigger sized point guard. Yeah, a girthier point guard. A girthier point guard. Why are you guys using these characteristics? What? He was He's a, thick. Yeah. He was a man. He was the man in Dallas. Tell you, bro. He was a better quarterback than he was a, was a point guard back in high school. All right, so... I I just Googled Kobe fat point guards. <laughs> what are we doing? And believe it or not, here's a post called the NBA all fat team, the NBA's fattest players by position. <laughs> Do you know who's listed as point guard? Khalid Alamein. <laughs> you guys are so... Yeah. He's the disres- gold standard for that. Disrespectful. Baron Davis at shooting guard. Mello at small forward, what do y'all do? Glenn Davis at power forward, and Oliver Miller as the five. So yeah, big baby yeah, that wasn't sounds about right. Big baby wasn't that big. Are you out of your mind? He was more like because he, he, he. Are was, you out of your mind? He was kind of shorter for Who his position. Who are you talking to? You might be able to pull that over on Matt. You ain't pulling that over on me. He was kind of shorter for his position, so it just looked that way. He's six nine, weighing three hundred pounds, dude. I mean, it, I I think he was misrepresented. Okay. I think the All nickname right. kind of sold it more than the his his physical features did. Dewan Blair was kind of that way too. <laughs> yes, definitely. Dewan Blair is a little. Um, he was a baller to what, be as big as he was. What's the term they use? Loose in the cage. <laughs> what? <laughs> a little loose in the cage. <laughs> Where do they say that at? I, I believe Tony Horton from P90X used that at one point in time. <laughs> kind of like... Early days Nikola Jokic. Yeah, and kind of like uh, my man, Deanna love this, Boris Diaw of the <laughs> San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> what? Why, why are you Boris, who was a baller as well for as, as hefty as he was. Bro, he had hips, dog. He had 
hips. That dude could ball. No, he, he absolutely you couldn't get around could. him because his caboose was blocking everything, including the sun. He had game. This the the, the widest thirty three you've ever seen. He had game. Goodness gracious! And you can't mention any hefty boys without Kendrick Perkins as well. So no, there's... that was country strong. That was country okay. strong, okay. Pop. All right, let's throw a. Jokic, Luka, and Zion on that team. Uh, yeah. Yep. Kendrick Perkins just came out with a book. The, uh, he did, yeah. What's it called? The you know, Zach Randolph at one point, too. So he yeah. kind of slimmed down a no, little bit. Zebo was, no, Zebo was just brawlic. He was, he, was, he, was, he was what? He was bully strong. He was fifth grade bully strong. He wasn't, he wasn't that. Oh, my other favorite one was Raymond Felton. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i instantly just oh my god he yeah was, he was kind he was, he was yeah you he know was, exactly what i'm talking about he was, yeah. he, was, he, was, he, was. he was a thick boy he was a thick boy all right 354 we'll take a time out we'll come back carmelo anthony that's disrespectful he was for a while no bro yeah he was yeah he was yeah nobody that's that nobody would pull lala if they would if they were in that category he was doughy no no, he wasn't doughy. I will pull up pictures for you because I think you're misremembering. He was just mid-range thick. Loose in the cage, so to speak. <laughs> you got to stop yeah. this cage. All right. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. It's 3.55. Uh, Doug Gottlieb is right around the corner here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless. 